Welcome back to Slightly Spiritual. If you are anything like me before you try a new spiritual practice, you want to know everything that there is to know about it, number one. But number two, the healer really has to feel like the right fit. Um, Not every spiritual healer is for everyone, right? So I have felt called to Reiki for years and could not find a practitioner that really felt like they resonated with me on like a soul level. So when I met Kindy Girdley, who um, is a healer in Nashville, it just was an immediate, I knew it was the right fit um, and started seeing her for Reiki work. So she is obviously a Reiki expert. She is a multimodality healer. We're going to hear all about it from her and kind of get a crash course in Reiki today. So I hope you enjoy. Indy, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. Um, It was so funny. So I know I talked about this a little bit on one of our previous episodes, but I recently had Reiki for the first time and um, it just, it was an incredible experience. So of course we had to have Kendi on to talk about this. And I realized, I don't know if I shared this with you or not, but um, my great grandmother in the small town Shaka, Sicily, was a strega, and um, I remember hearing like growing up that she had healing hands, and like that was her thing in this village, and it never, it I never quite connected it with Reiki before, and then it was after seeing you. I feel like after seeing you, I walked away with so many realizations, <laughs> just generally that I was like, oh my god, this makes so much sense. Um, but healing hands, which is obviously, I mean, so much more than that, but like what you have. And I was like, no wonder this resonated with me. Cause this is like what my great grandmother used to do in Italy, which is like kind of cool to think about. That's so sweet. Yes. Thank um, you. So I would love to start off. You have an amazing story and I would love to hear a little bit about like growing up, did you realize you had a gift? Like, how did you dip your toe into spirituality? Cause I feel like the more conversations I have with people like this, it's, they don't often start out in the realm of like spirituality or like realizing that they have like this gift. They know that they're just like different a little bit, but they're not sure how. So mm-hmm. if you could tell us a little bit about you, I would, I would. Sure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay. I was a very sensitive child. Um, and I remember I would have these psychic like spurts, um, several in a row. And I noticed at a young age that this happened often when I was sick because my, um, I was just more rested in a way. So the thinking mind wasn't trying to take control and figure it out. Um, and so I kind of started noticing that when I was like seven or eight and, um, I grew up in a family. My dad was Catholic, but wasn't practicing. Um, and my mom grew up in like a Christian family. We would go to church sometimes and like, you know, church camp over the summer, but it wasn't really, um, like the forefront of our family or anything. Um, so I, I would say that my journey began when my mom was diagnosed with cancer, um, a couple of years after actually, because they didn't tell us for a couple of years. Um, so I was living in Nashville at the time. I was an audio engineer and then we got the news. So my older sister was, um, getting her master's in Arkansas and I was here in Nashville and we both went home to help take care of her with my younger sister and my dad. 
And I was just super lost in my life personally at that time too. Audio engineering was really cool because I was one of three women at the time doing that. Um, so I, I was kind of holding on to that like specialness, I guess. Um, but it wasn't resonating with my body. It was a very unhealthy um, work environment, very unhealthy eating habits, like late nights, which I am not a late night person. Um, and so when I went home, um, I was just kind of searching for anything like understanding why is my mom sick? She's like the strongest woman I know. Um, and is she really going to die or is she not? And just, so I explored Catholicism and I explored like all kinds of sects of, um, spirituality and things started to come online for me. I started to see and hear a little bit and I had no tools and no mentors or teachers to help me understand what was going on. I was super duper open. Um, and so I shut it down because I didn't know what to do with it and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> so um, I literally just sort of capped it and was just like, stop. And um, so then just kind of flailing, still trying to understand. Um, my mom died in 2000 of colon cancer. And then um, I got really, really sick after that. Like my body just completely gave out. I couldn't lift my head from a pillow. I had a full body rash, um, just super sick. Like my nervous system just completely shut down. And how um, old were you when all that was happening? I was 22 when my mom passed. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, yeah, then went to all kinds of doctors. Mm -hmm. I was having a specific pain, um, and kind of like my right ovary area. And they were basically telling me I was making this up and I mean, doctor after doctor, after doctor, oh, there's nothing going on. You look totally good. Everything's clear. And I'm just like, but I don't feel good. I feel horrible. And this is hurting me. Um, so I lived in Lafayette, Indiana at the time. And someone I worked with in a health food store, um, practice shamanism. And she was so sweet. She was just like, I don't know if you're into this, but I just want to offer it to you, know that it's available. And I was just like, yes, sign me up. <laughs> I want to do it. Um, so that was kind of my first experience with any kind of um, like healing modality. And it was profound. Um, she immediately went right to that spot. And mm -hmm. she said there were like five pearly white, almost like toothpick size. Like, you know how you keep track of score, like four sticks and then a diagonal to make five. Um, she said that was in there and she pulled all of them out, blew love in and stitched it back up. And I never had pain there again. So that, that was really profound for me. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I want to know everything about this. And I moved shortly after I moved around a lot. Um, in between uh, 2000 and 2002, my dad passed away of a brain tumor very suddenly. So we had both extremes. My mom was very drawn out, very painful. And my dad was very quick. Um, I was living in Virginia at the time and then came home to that. Um, so we actually had to make the choice, my sisters and I, to remove the life support. 
he had a brain tumor. And when they went in to do surgery, they found one on his brain stem, which is of course inoperable. So he would have probably been a vegetable had we kept him on life support. My dad was salt of the earth. Absolutely not an option. I don't even think we talked about it. It was just a no brainer. So <laughs> um, unintended. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, after that, I would say also during that time, my mom was very limited in what she could eat. And, um, my dad and I both loved to cook. So we started, that was another, um, realm of like just holistic food and how that can help heal. And that definitely prolonged her life. Um, so that got me started thinking like, Ooh, I could cook and nourish people. Um, so I opened a little, uh, little cafe named after both my parents' middle names, um, Noah and Devi, I called it Noah Dove and, um, my friend owned a health food store and this little juice bar. And so I just opened a little restaurant and did everything, took the orders, cooked, delivered the orders, checked people out. Um, and it was a really great experience. Um, it was, I grew up in Indiana. And that's where I went back and it was a, you know, kind of farming town and I'd have these farmers come in and be like, where's the meat? And it was vegetarian cafe. <laughs> and I was just like, just try it, see if you like it. And they did, and they would come back. So it was a really sweet, Aww. sweet little endeavor. Um, and then I was also taking care of my grandmother at the time who had um, brittle diabetes. So you never knew from one moment to the next, if it would just plummet or it'd be really high. So it was a lot on the nervous system. And my older sister did so much um, as well. But I just had to get out of there. <laughs> I couldn't be in Indiana anymore. It wasn't for me. Um, I was reconnecting with my love who was from here and um, moved back here in 2003. And did every job imaginable. I've had so many jobs. Um, and then I got back into cooking because I really, that was really fulfilling for me. And I started catering and then I started sourcing locally and using only organic ingredients and work with people who had dietary restrictions. Um, and so that was fun. And then I was just like, okay, I'm just going all in. I was managing a wine bar at the time. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I can't work for other people. I can't do this kind of work. Um, and I was just, I had minimal savings and I just started the company. Um, it was called Chic Pea Catering. And I did that for nine years. And I also had private chef clients that I cooked for and had um, several people working for me to take on the demand. Um, so... Yeah. And then I also did meal delivery for a little bit. And, um, then that nearly killed me. <laughs> it was so, so much, so hard on the nervous system. And like a little bit before the pandemic hit, I closed the catering company and was just, um, making products. And I had like two or three private chef clients that I continued with. And I was just like, there's just more I need. I'm such a seeker. Um, and so that kind of took me in the path of herbalism because I could combine the two, mm -hmm. food and herbalism. And then the pandemic hit and I had one private chef client and it was amazing. I had all this time. So I was just like, okay, I'm going to do all of these studies and 
I was seeing a woman um, to receive Reiki and she contacted me and was just like, would you like to learn? And I was just like full body. Yes. Um, And it was just for me that I wanted to learn just kind of helped me through. Um, And then it became very clear that I was also supposed to share it. So yeah, I've been practicing Reiki um, and teaching Reiki um, for the past, I think four years. Um, teaching for the last two, practicing for the last four. And, um, it's so fulfilling. I just absolutely love teaching this modality and, um, just profound experiences with clients and it's different for everyone, which I love. Um, doesn't get boring. (laughs) Um, and then I also studied, so beyond Reiki and herbalism, craniosacral biodynamics level one, Um, source point therapy. I just took a training this last past weekend, which is connecting you to the blueprint of health. Super fascinating. And I just love adding all of these modalities to the practice because I offer Reiki plain and simple. And then I also offer uh, a multi-modality. So that's incorporating sound healing, cord pulling, um, whatever is going on for you. It's specifically geared towards what you're needing. Um, and what else, uh, oh, trauma-informed breath work. I've also trained in, so. Well, it sounds like we're going to have to have like a many, many more series to like this one episode (laughs) on like all of the different things that you do and gifts that you have, because they're not ones that I'm sure Cindy has heard of them, but that I'm not very educated on, which means our community probably isn't either. So, um, at some point we'll be bothering you to come back. Okay. (laughs) Happy to. Um, I'm curious. Well, I, I love that you use Reiki. Wait, I want to interrupt for a second. Um, I love that you use Reiki with other different types of healing because I have like the healers that I've been to for Reiki. Those are the ones I find the most effective, like nothing against just like basic Reiki, but like when they include it with other different things, I find that that's when it's like at its most powerful. So I love mm-hmm. that you're saying that you're not just, you're, you're using multi-spectrum like sound and other t- and cord cutting use all these different type of things because I feel like Reiki can like lead you or show you within the body I'm, I'm a, I study Reiki too so it's like going within the body where things are needed but then I feel like sometimes it's lacking in like the additional tools or the additional like extra to kind of like really help shift things so I don't know I really love that you're yeah it can you know um, like I said everybody is different but I that's what I really love doing and teaching. We go beyond this Reiki. I just like really want to empower people to embrace their own gifts. And, you know, Reiki is such a great, um, entry to energy Mm -hmm. work. And, um, yeah, for me, I just, I'm intuitive. And so I wanted to share that. I always ask, are you open to me sharing any intuits that I receive? Um, And then I also incorporate affirmations, which my teacher did as well. And that's just something that kind of comes through. Um, Sometimes none do. So again, it just depends, but um, yeah. And then I do just want to note, so I do cord pulling, not cord cutting. And the reason, well, no worries. Most people are familiar with cord cutting, but I learned from her name is winged woman and she's fantastic, but Um, what happens is when you cut a cord, you're leaving that little bit to regrow and it's very abrasive just to cut. And so you lovingly pull 
your cords, your energetic cords back to you and return energetic cords that are no longer serving your highest and greatest good it, with love and compassion. So it's not like <laughs> you know, abruptly taken back. So yeah, I think that's important to know. I had on my list to ask you about, cause that was a term. It made so much sense once you explained it to me <clears throat> in my own session, but that wasn't something that I had heard of. And I, I do think that that's important to note. Um, Wait, can I sidebar one more thing? Yeah. Yes. Sidebar as um, much as you want. <laughs> I, um, Kindy, what is your sun, moon, and riding, rising signs? Or what are your sun, moon, and rising signs? Um, I'm a Cancer sun, Aries okay. moon, and Libra rising. Mm-hmm. And I'm a manifesting generator. You do human design. <laughs> oh, yep. Same. Same man, yep. Jen. I love it. Yep. What are your all? Um, I'm a, go ahead. I'm an Aries, Taurus, Cancer, and I'm a specific manifester for human design. I'm a non-specific. Ah. And I love to create a list. <laughs> yes. yes. Is there better? And I'm a Capricorn, Sun, Capricorn, Moon, Cancer, Rising. Oh, okay. So we all have Cancer. Yep. Yeah, we all have Cancer in some way, which is interesting. And I'm a man gen as well and i'm specific i need to be i'm very specific with my manifesting it's funny because even though i know i'm specific i feel like sometimes i'm non-specific so i don't know what the connection is there but um anyway i always love learning like what people are and then i'm like yes that makes sense or i'm like surprised you know it's one or the other yeah um i want to go back for a minute so i know you had said when you started studying Reiki and originally just for yourself. And then you kind of quickly realized, no, I'm meant to share this gift. What was it that made you just innately know, like, no, I'm meant to do this for other people. I'm meant to help heal other people. Yeah. So I'm claircognizant. So, so it's just like, I just know <laughs> it's such a hard one to explain, but it's, it's, it just comes through as, oh, okay. Yeah. That's a, yeah, I'm supposed to share. And it was, it almost seems selfish not to share it. Yeah. (laughs) Because I had such a profound, um, so typically once you train, you are supposed to uh, strengthen your knowledge of it and your practice for 30 days straight after. And I did that. And I just, it opened me up so much and really kind of put me in touch with my gifts and, um, and things just started cracking open in my world and like things that were not working became very apparent, which happens. And I kind of give that like little preemptive piece there. Mm -hmm you have to be ready for this. (laughs) This is when you train and you receive those attunements, you're coming back into alignment Mm -hmm. with who you are on the deepest level. And so those things that are out of alignment become very clear. Many people divorce, many people lose friendships, many people will completely restart their career. Lots of life changes. You just can't go on the same way. Yeah. Exactly. For for the better, even if it feels challenging at the time, it sounds like. Yeah. Or if you try it, it's very uncomfortable. Like if you try yeah. to resist the realignment. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Um, so I guess 
to go back to like a very, very basic question for those that don't know what is like, what exactly is Reiki? I know it's a form of energy healing. Like what could you mind giving us like a very basic explanation of what it is? A simple explanation is life force energy and unconditional love. Oh, yeah. So what does it, I guess, what does it feel like for you while you're doing Reiki? Like, I know you're claircognizant, so you, and I am very similar. So it's like you hear things or you see things or you get a gut feeling and you just know, but it's unexplainable. Um, and I feel like at one point, everyone who has claircognizance just kind of thought they were crazy and then eventually <laughs> it gets valid. <laughs> um, so I'm just curious, like while you're practicing, like what is going on for you? Yeah. Different things. Um, sometimes I will be filled with intuitive hits. Um, sometimes there'll be nothing and I'll be like, wow, I hope that they are enjoying this. Like, (laughs) from this. And, you know, that's part of it too. Like removing yourself from it because I'm not doing anything. I am a vessel for this life force energy to flow through me. I'm receiving it as well. So I'm receiving a treatment while I'm giving you a treatment. That's so interesting. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I'll get intuitive hits. Sometimes lots of affirmations want to come through. Sometimes I'll just have uh, like a knowing of a past life thing or, um, or like you may want to get your um, bladder checked out or Mm -hmm. just like a health hit. Um, something going on in the body or oftentimes it's really hard. And I really have to use my discernment because some, sometimes they're not ready to hear what's coming through. And Mm -hmm. so I typically like, if it comes through three times or more, I'm like, okay, that's, that's clear. It needs to come through. Um, but I always ask. So I know you said that you're receiving a treatment as you're doing it. How do you prevent or how do you keep from getting like burnout though? Because I think not only myself, but a lot of our clients that listen or people, not just clients, I'm sorry. My brain's not fully functioning yet. I don't know what time it is on this Monday that we're recording, but like my brain's not like full. A lot of our listeners and community, that's what I'm trying to say, um, who, who are um, going to hear this, you know, they love what they do or they like what they do, but it can be draining sometimes, especially when you're working one-to-one with people or even someone who's in sales or like interior design or whatever. So I guess my question is, one, do you ever feel drained what you're doing and what are your practices to bring you back into balance? And two, do you have any tips for people if you don't feel drained? Like what do you, what are your practices or best yes. practices to help? Great that? question. Um, it does not have to be draining you have to ground yourself like thoroughly and often. Um, so get your bare feet on the earth. If you're able to get in the sun, clear, like put your phone down or your computer down before you are working, like create a container that is clearly for this work to come through. So again, if we remove ourselves out of the picture, if we remove our ego of trying to, have your client have a wonderful eventful, um, session. Um, we don't have to do anything. We literally just have to allow it to flow and get out of our mind. And same with the client is it's, if you can get more comfortable, you're going to receive more. 
that's for the client. So I also love to create a container and what I do um, works well for me and you just have to find what works well for you. I asked mama earth to raise a crystal grid and I literally like to feel the crystals raising up with my hands. And then I asked father sky to pour liquid light over that. And so what that's doing is sealing any holes or tears in my auric field. So nothing can enter and my energy is not seeping out. I am not giving my energy in a session. Mm-hmm. It is coming through me. So you can also be sure to wash your hands. Wash your hands and say, I am releasing all that is not mine. All energy that is not mine, I release now. Simply washing your hands. You can brush your body, your arms, your auric field, brush it off. And then between each client, do it again. Mm-hmm. Raise a crystal grid, clear the space with sage or lavender or mugwort. Um, what else? Yeah. Have some crystals in your room. If that works for you, make sure they're clear. Make sure you bathe them in the moonlight on a full moon to clear them. Um, or you can put them in water, but not all crystals can go in water. Like seal and I will, it'll ruin them, not ruin them, ruin them, but, um, it changes, it changes the like sheen of the crystal. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, it does. I mean, we talked about this, I think at one point, Allie, of like washing hands, just coming in the front door, even from being yeah. out or running errands. I know we've talked about this before on the podcast of um, it just clears your energy of anything you picked up when you were just out and about. And I think yeah. that anyone, even if, even if someone listening is not a practitioner or seeing people like that, I really feel like even in between, you know, meetings. Yeah, these are all good for anyone. House, yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. So. Um, oh, I had another one. Oh, your breath. Like if you're a practitioner, breathing is huge and grounding and keeping you clear. So inhaling in through the nose, out through the mouth, because that takes you into um, a sympathetic state instead of a parasympathetic state. Excuse me. That's right. Vice versa. I always do that. We want to be in a parasympathetic state. And so inhaling through your mouth takes you into a sympathetic, which is fight, flight, freeze. Mm. Your sympathetic is um, rest and digest. And it also helps your client remember to breathe because oftentimes when we're receiving, especially as women, it's hard, it's Mm -hmm. hard to receive. And especially those practitioners that are always giving, right? It's hard to flip it and just allow yourself to receive. So breath, breath, breath. I'm curious, are there any, just hearing about your, the boundaries that you set energetically so that you don't take anything on and you don't give away your energy and you're more of a vessel. Are there any like healing practices or, or healers that you see, just like I know Cindy, you see Lauren, the modern astrologer, or like, do you know what I mean? Is there anything that's, I guess, a regular part of your practice, um, that helps you throughout the month, throughout the year, I guess, whatever that looks like. Yeah. Um, I received source point therapy, which I just trained in from Katie Parker. She's wonderful. Um, and Elaine Thornton, she does, I don't know exactly what to call it. Um, she was a chiropractor, but it's a type of energy work as well. Um, I think sort of focusing on the spine Uh and, um, body work when I can. Um, and really, my biggest reset is getting in nature. That's like my number one. I have to do it. 
if not every day, very close to that. Mm -hmm. And I'm lucky enough to be able to walk across the street and be in the woods. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, nature is very grounding and I, it's funny because I know I like shouldn't be all about the woods because I have Lyme, but I do, I find it very calming. Um, and it's only like the last few years that I've been able to really like go back into it and like enjoy it and not just be panicked the whole time. Um, and you know, create that energy field protection yeah. from ticks, mosquitoes. I do this and I do yeah. not get <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but this field where nothing can get me. Yeah. And I will say also this takes practice, right? I did not used to be, I used to be completely exhausted after sessions because yeah. I didn't know how to protect. I'm sure as you, you learn to hone different, I don't want to say different skills within what you do, but like different, I guess. Yeah. Like setting boundaries and like not draining your energy and nobody's perfect on day one. Absolutely. It takes practice. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to go back through and I meant to ask you, so I know that there's different know what the correct term for it is um different like systems of reiki or different beliefs around reiki is there one specifically that you practice or that you studied in or i know you're a multi-practice and teach reiki rio okay what Mm is tell us what that's like the traditional okay there's lots of different branches of reiki um And I don't even know them. I just kind of focus on what I do, but I really think it's important to get to the roots of what Dr. Asui created Mm -hmm. or downloaded. (laughs) And for somebody, I guess that's, I know that they can study with you, but for somebody that's feeling called to study this, you know, modality, what do you think a good first step is? I would say research in your area. There are, you can get attuned distance wise. For me, that was just not something I was interested in. I'm very much an in-person small group. Um, So when I teach it's four, six max, Mm -hmm. because I like to hold a very intimate container so we can go a lot deeper. Um, But yeah, I would say research, research the different branches to see what really resonates with you. Um, reach out to teachers and ask them, you know, um, ask if they can hop on a call with you or a Zoom to see if you resonate because it matters because um, not everybody's going to be a good fit. Yeah. Oh, I'm and sure. So many teachers. So yeah, find what really resonates with you and listen, listen to your intuition instead of like, oh, my friend went here and she loved it. Really yeah. suss that out and see if it is for you. Yes. And I like that because just just because it's right for one person doesn't mean it will resonate for you. Absolutely. Even modality wise, right? Reiki is a great introduction, but it doesn't mean it has to be your introduction. Yes, absolutely. Um, So do you offer session? We're going to ask at the end, like where you, where they can find, where people can find you and book with you and all those things, but do you offer virtual or distance? I do. I do offer sessions. Healing. Okay. Just not the teaching. Just not the training. Or training. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So my favorite, I get this question asked all the time. So forgive me, but I'm going to ask it of you (laughs) because I love hearing other people's perspective, putting you on the spot. Do you or your clients notice a difference between the in-person versus versus the distance or virtual 
sessions for healing? Yeah. So, I mean, it's different for everyone. Um, I again, prefer in person. Um, I just, I love the connection and we also go over like whatever's coming up for you. Like we have tea and a conversation before we get started so that you can feel heard and just kind of like liberate whatever is on your heart. Um, and not that you can't do that in zoom, but I also love, I'm a hugger. So I also like to hug you, (laughs) um, you know, it's different. I've had some really profound distance sessions and I've had some that I've wondered, you know, like I hope that they receive that well, but it totally depends on the person. And if you think of it this way, time and space doesn't exist. So it doesn't matter where you are. It's the intention. And in order to do a distance session, you have to be attuned in the third symbol. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. Didn't know that. Okay. So people researching, you, they may find someone in their area or find someone they really like that their friend went to, but they may not be able to offer distance. Not that they, that they, because they have to be attuned to a certain level. That's what you're saying, correct? Well, yeah. I mean, to have the distance symbol attunement is helpful mm-hmm. in doing distance sessions. Okay. Having said that, there are plenty of other energy modalities yeah. that do distance sessions. So yeah. 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 Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I always get that question because people are like, people who see me in person are like, I don't understand how you can do it over Zoom. And I'm like, well, your loved ones are not bound by t- exactly what you said. They're not bound by time and space. It doesn't exist. They can yeah. be in two places at once. They can be listening to you and talking to me and I can share that via zoom so i think people like really us, struggle with in multiple dimensions at one time <laughs> exactly exactly you're dreaming but your body's here you know it's just like we're doing it all the time i just don't think people like realize it we just you know it's not talked about as much so um but yeah it's a big hurdle sometimes and i honestly i've lost some clients over it which is you know fine i get it um but i always think it's great like you said it's great to do in person especially for healing i guess i would say But I also feel like you shouldn't feel limited by that and that know that you, you know, this work is, is not, not dependent upon being in a physical same space. I really feel like I know some practitioners who only do distance Mm -hmm. and you know, that allows you so much freedom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You want to travel, you can still see clients. If you want to move across seas, you can still see clients. So yeah. Yeah. it's really whatever your preference is um, for both client and practitioner. Yeah. Okay. I have one more selfish question for you. Um, switching, totally switching gears. Uh, I was digging through your Instagram and I saw, I think it was in the spring, you offered a womb connection, like course or healing. I'm fascinated by this. I think um, I get a lot of clients that Personally, I have a lot of friends that are struggling with getting pregnant, fertility issues. I just think it's abundant or rampant right now. Um, So I'm so curious about like, if you do that, if you offer that frequently, like what got you into that? Um, Any of your thoughts around what's happening? If you, if, and this is another kind of like sidebar question is, do people come to you for that, for like fertility assistance or, you know, is that something you can help with? I'm just curious about all the womb Yeah. Great question. I'm so glad you did, because this is something that continues to come up for nearly, I would say 98% of the clients I work mostly with women, 98%, there's a disconnection to the womb space, disconnection from the heart and the womb space. 
So we are continually being thwarted into this masculine energy of our world. And we are losing the connection to our divine feminine. And so finding balance is a lot of what I do in sessions. I have definitely had clients come that were having issues with fertility. They are now pregnant. I've had women with um, issues with PMS and not having periods who are bleeding again. Um, so yeah, uh, it's, it's reconnecting. It's just remembering that connection. And that was something I want to do more often. Um, I'm not in a space right now to offer those circles, but soon I will be. And that will definitely be, um, pretty regular small group womb healing circles, just sitting with women and reconnecting to the divine feminine. I love that. Definitely let us know when you are offering those again, because I'd love to share that on our socials and to this community, um, because I think it is definitely needed. And to -hmm. your point, it comes up a lot in sessions um, and clients. I mean, I see mostly women too, but even just friends. I think just talking with friends, I feel like every person listening is like, oh yeah, I know someone who's struggling with this, or I went off the pill, but haven't got my period, or I had a baby, but I'm not getting my period, you know, just anything, anything and everything. So, um, and I will just say something you can do so simply every day, every evening throughout the day, simply place your hands on your womb space and send loving energy, just bringing the intention there of reconnection is a great start for everyone. Love that. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Um, well, we'll definitely have to have you back for maybe like an herbalism crash course because I would love that. And it's not something that I know a lot about. Um, Kenny, is there anything that we did not cover today that you wanted to talk about or you feel like is important to share about the healing modalities? I know we could probably go on forever, but I think that kind of rounds it out nicely. I think that's a great, a great space to kind of wrap it up. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us for anybody listening. You can find Kindy at revel underscore Nashville on Instagram or at revelnashville.com. If you have any questions, feel free to DM her, DM us, and we will point you in the right direction. Um, And we'll definitely be back for a part two. So thank you so much for being here and we will see you next time. Bye. Love so much.